Welcome to episode 156 of the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, March 13th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good? Yeah, man. Uh, this is take two of our episode. Um, we recorded the first uh, 10 minutes of this episode, and it, my PC just crashed on me, so I had to restart had to delete the first live feed on YouTube, and we started the second one. So hopefully this episode will hold out. Um, I know on Carl's end, Facebook and Instagram have had some technical difficulties all day. Some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. In fact, on on Twitter, um, there are a couple of hashtags going on. Hashtag uh, Facebook down, hashtag Instagram down. And yeah, it's the struggle is real out there, but uh, the chat is live. So for those of you who managed to pick up on our feed once again, somehow, some way, yeah, uh, tell tell a friend, tell a friend, and, tell a friend. Yep, share the episode. And uh, for tonight, we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. So we're going to get into a spoiler-filled review later on in tonight's episode. So if you haven't seen it, well, at least mute mute the episode or something. But we're gonna we're gonna go all in. And uh, <laughs> what's up, Eddie? Uh, Eddie Ortiz from UWO. He says hashtag fuck social media. That's kind of how we're all <laughs> feeling at this point right now. Yeah, but that's my job, so yeah, can't yeah. really fuck my job. Yeah, yeah, I, I I hear you. I hear you. You know. But uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us, Eddie. Um, I know um the UWO. Unfortunately, they don't have an episode tonight. Uh, because of Facebook's technical difficulties, because they do have their episodes live on Facebook. But you can catch them tomorrow night, a brand new episode of the UWO. They're going to go all in, mad shovels, mad burials. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be real. It's going to be a real one, folks. So, yeah, Eddie, uh, um, just tell a friend. Uh, just share the episode with us, with your friends and whatnot. Um, yeah, so <laughs> before, we, before we get into the... You know, what we've been up to in all this. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Yeah. So as as Carl's snapping away on his phone. I got to uh, share this thing somehow. Our normal things is. I, I know, I know. It, it, it's acting up. <laughs> um, should I uh, give the quick spiel of the studio thing? If you want some high quality, affordable studios, I mean, yeah, studio sound and headphones, all you got to do is go to pro, go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off of your purchase. And as always, free shipping in the USA. There we go. That's right. So, uh, yeah, um, that's what we're that's where we're at right now. Quick shout out to our sponsor once again, Captain Marvel. Later on uh, in, in tonight's episode. Now, last week we didn't we did not have an episode of the Codex Prime podcast, but we are back, so we got plenty of stuff to get into. It, it, it's my fault. Yeah, you, you know I'm actually good because I want to vent a little bit. Go ahead. So last week you probably may enjoy this story too. Okay. Okay. So last week, last uh, sun no, what night? Yeah, last Sunday night. Mm-hmm. We uh, had a snowstorm. Everybody in New England, we had a pretty big, pretty big snowstorm. Yep. So as I was working at a group home the overnight, I was uh, shoveling all night, mm-hmm. and uh, I ain't no spring chicken. Right. Yeah. So, but it was shoveling like all night to the point where it's like I'll shovel, go back in the house for a little bit, do what I gotta do, and then I go back, and it's like I never even touched it. 
Damn it, yeah. Like you, so you were shoveling while it was snowing hard. Yeah. Jeez. Well, because we have a uh, wheelchair ramp, mm-hmm. and by law, it's like you're required. It's required to be cleared. Yeah. I'll so see. you try to do like, try to get as much as you can every time, because even when it piles up, it's just an easier job for mm-hmm. you. So then, six o'clock comes when I was ready to get off. Ready to get off. I was trying to dig, get off work. I was trying to dig myself out. Mm-hmm. And the plows didn't touch our street at all. Oh, my gosh. So I had my relief come in stuck at the end of the block. Mm-hmm. But she needed to come in. I needed to come out. So we're shoveling the damn street. Oh, wow. That's that's horrible. A neighbor sees a neighbor sees it, so she gladly came and helped out. Mm-hmm. We was at least trying to at least shovel a pathway just for the tires. Mm-hmm. Then a snowplow eventually comes. Okay, shovels is right back in. <laughs> so I had to dig myself out. Meanwhile, during the digging, the next door neighbor. Just pulls out his snowblower. Just cleans his front, cleans his front sidewalk, mm-hmm. and that's it. Wow, what a dick! Yeah, you think you he, not to mention he knows that this is a group home. Mm-hmm. So wow. like, some people are just selfish. Yeah, you think. Mm-hmm. So my back was just burning like all week. Yeah, man, I feel you. Oh yeah, the way I was walking, it was a uh, ooh. It was, I mean. You, I look like I was expecting an AARP card in the mail, like at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So you were pretty much down for the count, like yep. uh, last week. Yep. Even in like there be so there was some times where I feel better, and then I'll just like I won't think about it, and like say if I needed to get up and use the bathroom, mm-hmm. shoot right up, boom, there it goes again, and I'm just like, ah, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, like with, with the snow, this heavy snowstorms, man, nothing to play with. So, and like I, I know, I know, like in my yard, Sorry. it took it took like two whole hours just to shovel our our entire driveway, and that was with help. That was with the three of us, me, my girlfriend, and my dad. So, bam. The only thing good thing about it is if like if I'm shoveling by myself, I got podcasts to listen to, mm-hmm. like, and it literally just passes the time. Yeah. And all that. And what did Eddie say? Uh, Eddie says, "Fuck neighbors with snow blowers, non-helping bastards." Uh, I did the. They do the same thing. Shit, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah, that shit don't feel good. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm-mm. But I'm here now. Yeah, we're, we're here now, just in time. Yep. But you've been up to some shit. Yes, I have. So go ahead. Yeah, man. So uh been up to uh, uh, plenty of stuff. Uh, right now, I'm in the middle of spring break, so I've been I've had the great opportunity to catch up on Mad Comics. Um, so I've caught up on a lot of series that I've been keeping up with on the single issues. Um, I do have three comics that I recommend, as well as a podcast recommendation. Um, and also, we'll get into a bit about WWE Fastlane. But uh, first, I wanted to share with uh, our viewers real quick uh, Bitter Root, which is a brand new comic series which debuted last November uh, 2018. Um, it's pu- published by Image Comics, and it's uh, written by David F. Walker and Chuck Brown. And Sanford Green is the artist. Uh, really dope series. Um, it's set in the 1920s Harlem Renaissance, and it's about a black family of monster hunters called the Sangarais. 
and the Sangurais are in the, the latest line of generations of monster hunters from uh, centuries past. Um, and they've been fighting this evil force called the Janu. And the Janu are humans whose hatred and evil and racism turns them into hideous monsters. And so the Sangurais craft uh, different types of weaponry to actually uh, cure the Janu and, revert and, and turn them back into humans. And uh, after generations of fighting the Janu, uh, the Sangurai family, in the start of this series, Bitter Root, they're on their last legs. And it looks like the Janu are actually winning. And so the Sangurai family consists of four members. Um, you have Berg, who's this massive, loquacious gentleman. Uh, Cullen, who's a rookie monster hunter. Blink, who's the daughter of the family who can actually fight and wants to do more fighting instead of doing the so-called uh, female work of crafting roots in order to craft remedies to cure the Janu, and Ma Etta, who's the elder of the family. And there's also one estranged member of the Sangurai family who works in Mississippi, 1924. Mm. Yeah. And uh, unlike his New York relatives, he takes a more Frank Castle Punisher approach to stopping the Janu. Uh, basically, if you're racist, you're dead. You're catching a headshot. You catch any ghost meetings? Yep. Oh yeah. There's a ghost meeting that he that he, that he happens upon, and well, let's just say a lot of white hoods turn red. <laughs> um, My daddy wears this to his ghost meeting. <laughs> F is for family. What a show. I, fucking, I still gotta finish that last season. <laughs> oh, last season was great. Oh man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Bitter Root. It's an awesome series. I love the storytelling. Uh, uh, David Walker, Chuck Brown do such a great job with presenting the themes of racism in a non-histrionic way. They uh, seamlessly interweave the heavy subject subject matter of race and racism, racism with the Afrofuturist, steampunk, horror themes, and every single page just pops with excellent, lively artwork by Sanford Green. Um, great dialogue, a great uh, staging of action, great pacing. Um, the first four issues are out now. Uh, issue five comes out next Wednesday, March 20th. So we can still get it on the ground floor right now and pick up a copy of Bitter Root. Um, I know the trade paperback comes out in May. Uh, this is a really awesome series. Image, nine times out of ten, they always put out some quality stuff. And this is one you should definitely get on the ground floor and check out Bitter Root. Um, second uh, comic recommendation I have is Robert Venditti's Hawkman. Shout out to Jim Savard. Oh, yeah. Big shout out to Jim Savard for this one. Uh, Robert Venditti, he also wrote uh, the 50-issue series of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, uh, which is a dope series you, you guys should definitely get into. Um, uh, the art artwork by Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair. Uh, this is a this is a great uh, a series so far. I've read the first four issues, and so far uh, issues one through ten are available right now. Issue eleven drops uh, April tenth, and this one uh, it's an excellent series to get into if you've never if you don't have any familiarity at all with Hawkman uh, as a character or the lore. This is this will definitely uh, uh, get you in get you into it for brand new fans and even fans who are familiar with the character. They might have, pick up some Easter eggs. Um, this one is about uh, Carter Hall, a.k.a. Hawkman. He's an archaeologist in search of his past, or rather his pasts. Um, he's ha he having been reincarnated at, at different as different variations of Hawkman over the course of centuries. Uh, Hall is beginning to unravel a mystery that will take him across time and space that may spell doom and destruction for planet Earth. And uh, so far, it kind of feels like a cosmic time-traveling version of Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider, Uncharted. Um, and it's an exciting read, and I can see why Jim Savard says that this is his favorite comic book character. Comic book character. 
So, yeah, I'm going to definitely catch up on this series. I do have it uh, in my box at Rock Hogo's, so I'm going to pick up the rest of the series um, since I'm all caught up with the first four issues. And I've gotten into a Marvel series. Can you uh, get it? <laughs> yep, I can get it right here. And this is uh, issue one of the brand new run of Daredevil, uh, written by Chip Zdarsky, with artwork by Marco Cicchetto. And uh, this uh, this series, issue one of Daredevil, which was published last month in February, uh, follows uh, Charles Sewell's run from 2015 to 2018. And this one uh, uh, picks up after the recent uh, five-issue Man Without Fear miniseries. That I reviewed. Yep, okay. which you reviewed. I took the words right out of my mouth. Yep. Um, this one uh, follows Matt Murdock. He's coping with the physical and mental toll that past events have taken on him. Um, he's actually recovering from getting hit by a truck, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And uh, this one is a solid introduction from of Matt Murdock for brand new readers or people who haven't been in gotten into the Daredevil comics for some time. Um, it's also it's also got like a noir inspired feel, so I can see how it takes some elements from the TV series. So it kind of has that similar vibe. Um, and, um, this this issue issue one focuses on Matt Murdock. He picks up a woman at a bar, and it kind of flashes back to his childhood, uh, talking with this priest, and he's kind of wrestling with his feelings of Catholic guilt, and you know, fighting uh, fighting for justice on the street and in the courtroom, and trying to balance the two, and whether or not he's doing the right thing ultimately. Um, it also includes a four page short story called Sense of Self, which features which is pretty dope because it features one page of Matt, of what we see. Uh, typically as, as the reader. And then the second page features the same scene uh, shown from Matt Murdock's radar sense. So yeah. you see what he sees. So it's actually pretty cool. And it makes me interested in, 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 read, in actually going back and reading Charles Sewell's run so I can see, see what the, the storyline was and how it influences this current run. But yeah, this is a really cool series so far. I know issue two is out right now. So this is one I'll, defi- I'll be definitely follow. Definitely check out Man Without Fear too. Yeah, I'm going to definitely get into that, too. And I do have a podcast recommendation for our listeners. I did mention this uh, podcast uh, briefly before, but I highly recommend that everyone check out uh, Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. Yeah. Uh, Lillian Garcia's uh, uh, Chasing Glory, her podcast comes on every Monday. And it's uh, her her tag her tagline. It's uh, her episodes are real, raw, and inspiring, and, it, and in, indeed, indeed it is. Indeed it is because I, I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I heard that Leo Rush just did one recently, and it was really good. It was really good. I actually had a chance to listen to that in a few episodes. Um, that was actually one of the standout episodes that that I got a chance to listen to. Um, Leo Rush he talks about uh, coming up in the indie scene with Patrick Clark otherwise known as the Velveteen Dream, the current NXT North American champion. Wow, you smile every time you mention him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they, they actually, he actually talks about how they both started training on the exact same day. Yeah. And um, they like the same age, too. I mean. Yeah, like he's the Leo Rusher 24. Patrick Clark's, I think he's 24 as well. Yeah. Um, they talked about how they came up in MCW. Um, Leo Rush talks about his WWE run being, well, no pun intended, a rush. Um, he started. He signed with NXT, and then within six six to seven months, he was moved to 205 Live, and then to Monday Night Raw. And he talks about how helpful Bobby Lashley has been in helping him out, being uh, getting comfortable with the locker room. Um, he also talks about his rough upbringing, his complications with his dad, and his relationship with his sisters. And then he also he also talked about um, a really serious moment where 
I don't know if you remember, like he when Emma was released from WWE, yeah. and Leo Rush put out that smart alecky tweet. I remember, yeah, I remember something like that. I don't remember the exact tweet that he said. Yeah, I don't remember the exact same exact tweet, but it kind of came off as smart assy, and yeah. then like he got a lot of heat from a lot of the performers and fans, and it kind of threw him in a dark place to the point where he actually contemplated suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and he's also talks about trying to do the best he can as a young father. Yeah, he has two kids. Yeah, yeah. It came across his Instagram and saw that he's married too. Yep. Yeah. So that was a standout episode. Um, another one was a two part episode with Lana and Rusev. Uh, that was really good. Uh, Lana, um, you know, Rusev must be talking shit. Oh yeah, like um, like with Rusev, he talks about his frustrations with WWE. He talks about like how he how he's done all these things to, and he's pitched so many different ideas to Vince, and nothing changes. Um, he he like for example, he talked about wanting to make the the U.S. title bigger, um, but he feels that nobody cares about it, and that the title does nothing for anybody except for John Cena when he had the open challenge. Yeah. And, um, he actually tried pitching different ideas to Vince, but then Vince only sees him as a heel and only sees him at a certain level. He says yeah, because Vince has always had, he's always had that. He always, he loved the foreign the whole foreign heel stitch stick shtick. Yeah, yeah, and like and then Vince and then Rusev, he just he just sounded mad depressed. Like he says, like I don't know what's holding me back. Um, he talked about breaking up Rusev Day, which was not his idea at all. It, of course not. And he said it was that working and it was making him money. <laughs> what the yeah, he said it was making money. In fact, like his Rusev Day T-shirts were top sellers. Yeah, and that didn't even matter. And um, and then Lana talks about uh, her frustrations, like WWE management not taking her seriously because she actually really she does want to wrestle wrestle more and she actually wants to continue to improve her craft. But management doesn't really believe in her because they look at her like, well, yeah, well you're too cute. Yeah, basically, like kind of like kind of like some really sexist uh, uh, perspectives. Um, she talks, and Lana also talks about like her mentoring, um, actually meeting Rusev in NXT for the first time, and actually her mentorship under Dusty Rhodes, and how Dusty Rhodes was a big fan of hers and actually helped her uh, develop her character and her promos. Um, she also she even talks about her upbringing in Russia and how that profoundly shaped her. And and Lana talks about how she grew up, how she's she's Christian, she's religious, and yet in Russia it's a very atheistic country, to the point where they have a completely different view. Where if you have religious beliefs, like in the Russian perspective, according to Lana, it's like, oh well, you believe in God and heaven because you're afraid of dying, and that makes you a weak person. And that and like she got a lot of shit just for being just for believing in God. Yeah, and um, actually, this is funny, Eddie. From the UWO and Eddie from the Party Nerds actually just uh, told us um, what Leo Rush said. Oh yeah, okay. He says, "Guess she really was not. I guess she was really not ready for Oscar." Oh yeah, okay. Yep, I remember. Yep, and then he got railroaded on Twitter for that. Yeah, and he was just he had one match with Velveteen and was ghost until two hundred five lot. Yeah, that's right. He only had like a handful of, of appearances on NXT. Yeah, yeah. yeah but good, good looks on that, guys. Oh yeah, thank you guys. So yeah, um, Lana and Rusev, that's a standout episode. Um, I did mention Mustafa Ali's uh, interview, which was good. Yeah, I um, heard the same one with, uh, he, he had one like shortly around the same time with Jericho. Yep, talk as Jericho, yep. Uh, Bianca Belair, uh, that was a really good one. She talks about, um, yep, undefeated or undefeated. <laughs> She also has like a lip pop there before she says Ted, but uh, she talks. She actually talks about her struggles with uh, bulimia, 
well, how she struggled with it in high, in high school when she was on a, when she was running track. Yeah. Um, she also talked about um, how Mark Henry actually discovered her and motivated her to actually get into the business. Um, she talked about meeting her husband Montez Ford, one half of Street Profits at NXT. Right. And uh, she talked about how the braid was actually Montez Ford's idea. Um, because she actually was thinking about just wearing her hair down, just undoing yeah. the braid. And Montez Ford's like, no, nah, you should keep the braid. Like, add add a bunch of stuff to it, and, like, that'll make you stand out. And she actually yeah. talks about, like, how it takes hours just to put the braid together every show. I believe it. That shit ain't no joke. Yeah, it's not. Remember, take it from somebody who used to have braids. Yeah, I... Yeah, like and her and her braid is a weapon. You see the the welt that she yeah. left on Shayna Baszler. Yeah, that, that brings me back to a dark place. <laughs> yeah, and there's one more standout episode of Chasing Glory, which just came out this past Monday, and it's an interview with Tamina, Tamina Snuka. Oh Jesus! Here now, you go. now I now Here I will I will say that you know you I've go. I've talked mad smack about Tamina the character. You still do. I still do, uh, uh, because like you know, like how she's how she's uh, you know, basically how she's been in the company for almost ten years and does nothing. She actually addresses that uh, in 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 this episode, and she and it gets very emotional when she talks about her father as well. Of course, um, Tamina talks, uh, and not to get too much into it, but uh, Tamina does talk about how she's been in the company for ten years, and yet I think part of why she hasn't done much was because like she talks about how her her Polynesian upbringing. How like culturally it's like you're not like it's not encouraged or kind of discouraged like kind of like you know brag about yourself and kind of like f- advocate for yourself basically like because yeah. it looks like you're like like you're like you have an ego like you're trying to stunt on people and she's just and she always had like that mental block trying to like break like, out of that kind of like break out of that and like she's always she's always like uh, she's always willing to like do the favors like get other people over but yet part of her thinks that well. I know I, I know I'm better than this. I know I can actually do way more than I've been showing. But yeah, she always she's always fighting like just basically trying to get outside of her head and her so cultural you upbringing. Could, you think, so now that you heard that, you think you can probably take it easy on her and say, you know, it's possibly because it's like she's capable of doing better. Mm-hmm. But it's just that me- that whole mentality of just that's holding her back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I could. I, I would. I mean, it, it, I definitely, gained, I definitely gained a lot of respect and appreciation for Tamina. And in fact, Lillian Garcia even said that, "Yo, you know, you know, you really should." She actually told Tamina, "You really should break out of that and show the people what you're really capable of. What I know you're capable of." Like they, like yeah, I know y'all roast my girls. Well, Nia Jax, because I mean, no. But here's the thing. <laughs> my thing is, is like, it's like you're expecting Nia to like be doing her Karanas and stuff, like. She literally is the female Big Show. She is. I mean, what? what not, I mean, she's not gonna be the giant back in WCW where he's fucking doing high missile drop kicks off the top rope. Right. But he ain't had no business doing it back then. <laughs> Lord knows he ain't got no business doing it now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, does she have? Has she done? Has she botched? Has series of botches? Yes. Seth Rollins has, and nobody ain't said shit. Because he retired, he injured Finn Balor. Yeah, he ended Sting's career. Sting had his bump card. He's been in the business for almost thirty thirty. Don't years. make excuses. It happens. But he's yeah. But you know what? He still could have been. But Sting would have been. He's still responsible enough. Like it's just you know one of those things where accidents happen. The face breaker actually turned into a blessing in disguise. Yeah. 
I mean, we've been getting some great Twitter beef from Becky. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Tamina too. <laughs> oh, she's her. Le- you didn't see her le- recent tweet? Nah, I didn't. Talk about oh, <laughs> talking about like Becky's arm looks like. Well, no, talking about Natty should really learn to play with a pussy and stuff like that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they went raw. Wow. And you know what's crazy? Like Fox is encouraging that. Fox wants them to be more risque. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 yeah, that that uh but yeah, I agree, Eddie. Thank you. But uh but yeah, like uh, the the Tamina the Tamina interview was really was really inspiring and really insightful. And I definitely came away with with more respect and more appreciation. Um I really do I really do think that they can do way more with Tamina. Yeah. Like she still has all plenty of gas in the tank. Um you know, Tamina's up there, right? Yeah, she's forty one, and yet the, is she forty one? Yeah, damn, I was giving her like thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, and and they and they talk and and she talks about that, and Lily and says that hey, you know, she brought up a great point. Like, hey, if 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 you were to if you were to pass away today, people would say, man, forty one, that's way too young. Yeah. So, so hey, forty one, you still got the juice. Hell, AJ Styles is in his early forties, and he's still doing say it. This. She's better than her brother. Oh, was it Deuce? Deuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he a former tag team champion? No. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. Deuce and Dominic. Deuce and Dominic. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, oh, man, wrong side of the tracks. Oh my god, I had I, I just remember like when they first debuted. This is one of the times when like JBL had me dying. He was just like, oh, but Michael Cole sitting there like, oh, they were you know they were inspired by James Dean, and he's like, he's dead. And he started naming like all the Gre- all like the famous Greases of back then. He's like. Mm-hmm. They're all dead. <laughs> like, just the way he delivered it. I'm like, yo, fucking JBL's hilarious. Yeah. JBL's an Smack asshole. <laughs> SmackDown was fire back then. Oh, man. But... Ruthless Aggression SmackDown was fire. I'll admit that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. Definitely check that out. Um, I, I'm catching up on all the episodes. Definitely a great podcast. Um, I think you'll really like it, too. So. I'll check it. I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I came away with, like I said, more respect for Tamina. Nia Jax is still a botch machine, and that's all I'm going to say. Leave my woman alone. I still <laughs> love her, damn it. I still love Well, I've been up to a couple of, of very few things. Um, first of all, like last week, uh, Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks was on The Breakfast Club. Oh, my God. Now... In order to really appreciate that at that interview, he interviewed just Charlemagne alone. Mm-hmm. In order to really appreciate that interview, you have to know the character. Yeah, because there were people who weren't from, who were listening who weren't familiar with that character, mm-hmm. and oh my god, how could you have him on the show <laughs> saying all the things that he was saying and all? They're like, you got to watch the Moondocks. You got to watch the. So when the interview yeah. it was so solely conducted by. Um, Charlemagne the guy, he preaches MAGA, his mm. dislikes for the 2020 presidential candidates, his love for Donald Trump and his relationship with Donald Trump, saying that he's been working for him for like forever. <laughs> I mean, and I'm just sitting there just laughing because I know the character. He still mentioned his, he made some jokes about, R. he um, made some references to R. Kelly. Uh, Michael Jackson still calls Michael Jackson a lucky bastard because... You know, Uncle Uncle Ruckus suffers from "quote unquote" revitiligo. Oh yeah, it's the opposite of what Michael Jackson got. <laughs> Lucky. 
<laughs> and it was just the same old character. And um, I saw a tweet. I saw a picture today saying that the Boondocks should be coming back April twenty first. Okay. I've been trying to post it on Instagram, but Instagram is being a real dick right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, please tell me this is for real. And Aaron Magruder is behind it because the comic strips are still going. As a matter of fact, you can actually catch the comic strips and find new uh, Boondocks content on on Instagram at at Boondocks Bootleg. Okay. So it's the unofficial, official Instagram of the Boondocks. Gotcha. Yeah, followed it it right away Mm. because I need that show to come back and just redo the stink that was season four. Yeah, season four was trash. One good joke in that whole entire season, and it was just a, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, season four, like, Aaron Magruder had no involvement in it. Yeah, and, yeah, because yeah, Cartoon Network had, you know, all that. It's supposed to be coming back on Adult Swim as well. Okay, cool. But hopefully, like, Aaron Magruder worked out worked out something with Cartoon Network. Because that, sh- and it's the best time for a show like that to come back. Yeah, with all this, polit- with our political climate and whatnot. Yeah, and all this PC bullshit that's been going on. A PC bullshit. Well, you know how people are so politically correct nowadays. No, uh, I disagree. Yeah, but anyway, I, I think it's still like the best time for it to come out. And um, I finally watched that movie, Coco. Coco. Yeah. Oh, Pixar. Yeah. 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 What the fuck was you crying about? What do you mean? What I what was like crying about? Just for for you to form that question. Uh, that that's, that just says everything. You're, you're a heartless bastard. Why am I a heartless bastard? I just did not. I just because you're not the type of person. Because because your your makeup is just like oh everything's just cool, man. Don't take everything personally, man. Don't don't get emotionally invested in anything, man. No, you can get emotionally invested. I enjoyed last night's episode of This Is Us. Did I cry? No, but I was like because you have no heart, Carl. No, I have. A, trust me, I have a good heart. Trust me. And what's coming up? You'll see. But anyway, I'm just like all right. What's he? What's he crying about? Yeah, the "Remember Me" is a nice song, but still, what the fuck was you crying about? I even oh. fell asleep in parts of a small part of it. You're an idiot. Like just, I mean, just a small part of it, but yet enough to where like I still know where the story was going, so I feel like it really didn't miss anything. And I'm just like, you were. I mean, I can understand. It's like it's not a bad movie. But just like still, like what the fuck was you crying about? You are truly ignorant, my brother. You are. Why lost. am I ignorant? Because I didn't cry at a fucking over a damn song. You, you, you are, you are lost, my brother. You, I you am not lost. lost. I just didn't cry at a damn song, and you did. I, ex- I already explained. I reviewed this the ep- the film on the episode. I'm not going to re- reiterate what I said. <laughs> but for for if 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 you if you missed the magic of the film, then I can't explain it to you. Man. I enjoy. I mean, it was not. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't bad. I see why it won all the accolades that it got, but it's just like, still, I just don't think it was like, wouldn't drive me to tears or anything. Nothing does. That's the problem. No, it does. No, I've had my moments. Mm-hmm. And not counting real life stuff, of course, but like. Oh, is that? I'm like, yeah, because it's entertainment. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, that's really what it is. It's entertainment. But, um, but on a, on a happy note, too, um, Monday was actually my mom's 60th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yes, and um, I guess everybody's giving, mostly giving me the credit, but we had a surprise 60th birthday for her. 
Okay. Oh, man. She was definitely surprised. I honestly had no... I can't even say, like, I really didn't have much hand in on the planning, because I'm not really much pretty good at, good at that stuff. Of course. I just kind of just show up, DJ, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then my sister, my sister told me, Jay, pay, just pay for this, and we got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just pay for this. I'm like, all right, cool. Did that, but they had, you know, the dress, they got the hall, everything, and a surprise, as a surprise, what's the center of Disney World? Oh yeah, it was a dream. It was a oh, it was a dream for for her mm-hmm. to send us there, and then we had like she would buy us the VHSs all like every year because you know how they used to put out their big movie every year. Yeah, I know. Do they still do that? Because I can't really keep track with them. Uh, like not well done on VHS, of course. Well, no, they would have like ninety four. Like what was it? One year was Beauty and the Beast, then Aladdin. Then Lion King, but they all came out one year after another. Oh yeah, they still do that. Do they? All right. Yeah. It seems like so much comes up comes out from them, and it's just like, yeah, kind, yeah. kind of hard to keep up. Yeah, Disney still does their thing, uh, not counting the Pixar. Yeah, because Pixar is part of Disney. But if you're talking about like Disney Animation Studios, yeah, yeah. they still do it every year. Oh okay. Yeah. But yeah, so we decided to flip that around and send her to Disney. Wow. Now she wants us to go. Okay. So we'll see how that works out. And then unfortunately on Monday, I lost uh, my cousin Ronnie out in Springfield. So um, mm-hmm. rest in peace to her. Mm-hmm. Pretty, it's uh, pretty shocking. But mm-hmm. just, really, you know, put our family, you know, just pray for our family as well. And then, yeah, the Aladdin trailer, the recent Aladdin trailer just came out. Yes. Um, My interest has increased. Mm-hmm. But... That fifth agreement is still on high. <laughs> Be skeptical, but listen. Yes, like I, I'm like, all right, we can find. We're finally seeing much more of what Will Smith's genie can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not completely giving away the story because I, you can tell, like they made like a whole bunch of changes. Ultimately, Jafar looks a little too young for me. Jafar, yeah, he's more like he looks more like a like a GQ model. Yeah, yeah, like, he's just too pretty. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know. I know a lot of uh, a lot of fans on Twitter were very happy, especially female fans were happy about that, though. Oh, that's because they think they probably think he's hot. But it's yeah. like, <laughs> every ten years, Disney releases a clap. Every ten years, hmm. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, like I looked at the Aladdin trailer, and I will say that that uh, Will Smith's genie actually looks convincing this time. Yeah, this time, <laughs> like that's the thing. Sometimes, like these, te- sometimes the, te- the teasers just don't really do it. Yeah, yeah, because I know like Will Smith's genie on the teaser was dragged all through social media. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I did see like that on Will Smith posted up. Somebody actually drew his version of the genie mm-hmm. and Robin Williams' version of the genie in like the traditional Disney uh, animated style. Yeah, but they were showing and they were like standing back to back, and they said, "Listen," and, and I. Wish I can pull it up, but Instagram's being a dick. So, but he was saying like he was actually paying homage to Robin Williams, hmm. saying that you you le- even though we didn't have any feet, you still left big shoes to fill. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think there was more than that, more to it. But... Oh, respect. Yeah, but that's it on my end. Okay. Yeah, that's what's up, man. 
And uh, also, um, real quick, we can get into our thoughts on WWE Fastlane. Uh, AKA, yeah, we can breeze through that. Yep, a.k.a. the Toll, toll Booth, booth. <laughs> to WrestleMania 35. Uh, took place in Cleveland, Ohio, home of The Miz. Uh, we had a pre-show uh, match, the New Day, Biggie and Xavier Woods, defeating Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. I was entertained by it. Yep. Then you had uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Usos, defeating The Miz and Shane O'Mac, who turned heel. The best tag team in the world, Greg. Greg. Uh, Kyle yeah. and Brian still got yeah, <laughs> they, they, they do it better. Um, heel turn by Shane. I thought we were going to see a heel turn by Miz, but... And I, I, was, I thought I thought the father was gonna get involved somehow, but hey, Shane O'Mag turning heel, okay. I don't know. I'm just just like Eddie. I'm tired of seeing heel McMahon's. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing the McMahon's. Period. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm cool. I'm cool with the McMahon's. I'm just done with the whole heel authority figure thing. Yeah, that's been. Played it's out. over 20 years. I know. Yeah, they keep going back to that well because ever since McMahon and Austin. Yeah, they want to. They they just want to recreate that, and it's just not. It's it's done. Yeah. It's been done to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that happened. Um, Asuka defeating Mandy Rose uh, to, to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah. Roundhouse kick to your face. You see the slow-mo of that? Yeah, her, Mandy Rose's jaw got rocked. Yeah. This is one thing I say. Every time I say, and I say this on Wrestling Fantasy Warfare all the time, too. Is like, doesn't Mandy Rose's theme song remind you like an old episode, remind you of an old episode of Red Shoe Diaries or something? I've never watched Retro Diaries. Oh, you was a good kid who was in bed and actually watched, like, <laughs> or actually, like, watched what you were supposed to watch. Oh, no. I, I've seen I've seen a few things here and there, but I've, I've never watched Retro Diaries. Just never, just never entered my purview. <laughs> but that's what it, her music sounds like. It reminds me of it. Like, it, it, yeah. Just the whole vibe. And I'm just like, yeah. This was like that late night HBO stuff that we just couldn't watch. But yeah, we stood up and did anyways. But yeah, had Disney Channel on back on previous. <laughs> Every nine year old kid done it. I don't care who you are. Oh my gosh. Uh, the next match you had the bar defeating Kofi Kingston in a handicap match because black folks can't be WWE champions except for The Rock. Um, half black. Yeah. He's half black. Half. And he's only black when it's convenient. Yep. Speaking of The Rock, you know he's playing uh, John Henry. Yeah, I can see that. He's yeah. got he's got the build for it. He's got the build, but John he's, Henry was always uh, yeah. He's a little him. too light skin. Yeah, he's a little too light skin and stuff. And yeah. um, oh my god, who's got the triple lights on? Sorry. Yeah. I'm, probably, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance. I'll probably interrupt you. But all right. Uh, the revival. Uh, defeated Ricochet and Aleister Black and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Stop giving Aleister... Stop making him talk. Yeah. Hashtag, fuck the revival. You know what? I'm done with the revival. I- I'm sorry. Well, they've been having some decent matches and stuff. Do they? <laughs> because even though they still got buried even in victory because they got beat down afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and you-, you know what? They they shouldn't have taken the bait. They should have just like hedged their bets, gone to AEW... And and show and actually show Eddie Ortiz why they're actually a really good tag team. It won't convince him. He's just like you. He's already convinced to hate him, and that's it. He not gonna change his mind. Yeah, I mean, I love them in NXT, but damn. And that's why I think that's why I'm like I'm still holding on to that. But what I was thinking, what I was gonna say is that The Rock actually has a new docu series coming out on BET. 
Oh, does he? Yeah, he well, he's yeah, he's executive. Him and his wife are the executive producers, and it's also it's gonna be all about like um, all like the issues in black culture nowadays and stuff. Hmm. Okay, okay, that's Just right up your alley. Interesting. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look for that. Uh, Samoa Joe, U.S. champion, uh, defeated Andrade, Rey Mysterio, and our Truth. Best match of the night. I'll say so. Yeah. Um. Uh, hopefully the U.S. title can become prestigious again with Joe, but I'm not really holding my breath. Nothing against Samoa Joe, but the U.S. title is just dead, man. It, it, it it's really a prop. Yeah, it's a prop. It needs a serious makeover. It needs like you need to build that up like from scratch at this point. I'm gonna be optimistic and say hopefully Joe can do it. Yeah, I think so. I think so because because Joe he's talented. Absolutely, he should have been WWE champion last year. Yeah. Um, next match, you had uh, the Women's Tag Team Championships, the B- Boston Hug Connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey defeating... Uh, the, Shut up. Defeating Shut the, up. The, the best Shut Bosch up. machine, Antamina. Um, speaking, of, speaking of this, uh, no. uh, for, for UWO, for Eddie, since he's watching, here's, here's a question for your podcast that you can poll. Uh, you can do a Facebook poll tomorrow, or you can have like a, a poll for your group chat. So here's the question. What is worse, Tamina's top rope splash or Nia Jax's promos? Boom, that's a Chinese riddle. Top rope splash, hands down. It is sloppy. It is mad sloppy. Uh, like she doesn't even like, like when she, when she flies in the air, it's literally like all she's doing is just jumping down. Yeah, like she's not like. Flat, she's yeah. I wish I had like an action figure to like. Yeah, like she, like like she's not flattening. Yeah, she's not yeah. flattening out to actually land on her. It's like you can tell like she's just jumping off a top rope, mm-hmm. and it looks like she's gonna land on her feet then splash. Yeah, yeah. And Nia Jax is there. Her promos are annoying. Yeah, which is there, which they're supposed to be. No, well, annoying, and yet she's not very. She's not a very good speaker, man. I mean, I, I, I have the roster ain't good speakers. Well, because of well, mainly because of we don't the have writers. the presence of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, blessing. God rest his soul. But uh, but yeah, like uh, Dusty, Dusty, actually, from what I learned after listening to that recent Enzo interview that came out, I didn't even Dusty bu- and Michael Cole were actually che- teaching promo classes. Oh, Michael Cole. Yeah. Hmm, that makes sense. I mean, because Michael Cole's like a broadcaster and all that. Yeah, you know, him being a broadcaster and stuff, you know. And then Dusty Rose, one of the best talkers in the business ever. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I think it was a good combination. And, you know, that generation of NXT stars are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. On my Kevin Owens is great. Finn Balor can talk now. Yep. Um, you know, hate to say it, but Enzo. Yeah, he yeah. shut your mouth because you called yourself the realest guy in the room, Victor Amore. <laughs> Victor Amore. Yes, you did. I did. Yes, you did. That was then. This is now. Like, but he, even then, like he he did have the gift of gab. He did. Yeah, I he's mean, just an awful rapper. Awful rapper. Terrible wrestler. I mean, he makes. I mean, he makes Nia Jax look like Asuka and, and Ayo Shirai combined. But God. okay, I give you that. Like I'm not saying Nia is like the best, but it was like oh far from it. But she's far from it. You're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
No, I lost my train of thought. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Banks and Bailey still your champions. Uh, next next match, the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan uh, retaining against against Kevin Owens and a returning Mustafa Ali. Good match. Yeah, very good match. And at first, the crowd hijacked this match um, because Kofi Kingston wasn't included. Kofi Mania is real, damn it. It is real. I'm still holding out. Um, give us what we want. Uh, they and but I will say like these three men, they worked like hell to win the Cleveland crowd crowd back, which they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Mustafa Ali damn near killed himself, <laughs> gave himself another concussion just to win the crowd back. That 450 on the apron, shit. But the thing is, he's done now in 205 Live. Oh yeah, oh he yeah. has. Oh. I haven't, I, you know, I've, 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 I've only, I still haven't seen a handful of episodes, so I still gotta watch that more consistently. Um, but yeah, uh, Mustafa Ali, he definitely has what it takes. Um, he'll to be a top champion in the future. I think it's too early to put the top title on him, of course. Absolutely. But U.S. champion or Intercontinental champion, definitely cruiserweight champion, even. Yo, Eddie Road Dog just put up an interesting point. Yo, it was the first time Sasha Banks won a match and kept her, and kept her title. Yeah. Even though she didn't actually get the fall. That is true. That is. Sasha Banks had never successfully defended her titles. That's right. Yeah. She always played, like her and Charlotte always played hot potato with yeah. the Raw Tag, with the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah. That is true. Ali um, and Joe for U.S. title feud. That would be. Yeah, it would. It would. I would. That would they be still good. have unfinished business. They do. They do. That's a WrestleMania match right there. I'll give it to Cena. Nah, Cena don't need it. Cena. No, you don't. But they'll put him on the crowd and put him on the card. Yeah, some somehow, some way. Um, speaking of, speaking of John Cena, real quick, do you think that like to to bring it full circle, should should he be Kurt Angle's final match? Just to bring it back full circle. That'd be. I I would enjoy that. Yeah. I would enjoy that just for that. Yeah. And Cena would be able to carry Kurt. Yeah. Because Kurt just physically can't do it anymore. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so sad watching him in the ring. It is. It is. Then, you know, and in, in our in our group chat with uh, UWO, I said, uh, random thought, Undertaker versus Kurt Angle should be at WrestleMania 35. Undertaker can move better than Kurt Angle. That shit, he could. And that's I don't know I don't know whether to laugh or cry about that. <laughs> I don't know if DDP No, nah, but I think no, nah, Taker's like done. Yeah. He's officially he's officially done. Okay. So he's officially retired? Yeah. Yeah, it's because he's doing a dead man thing. Yeah. Charging twenty five thousand dollars per appearance. Hey. Would you would you save up the money to, to, to <laughs> just to see the Undertaker? Well, it's not like I'm gonna pay twenty five thousand dollars just to like meet him, catch an autograph, and that's it—a picture and an autograph. That's it. And I'm like, I will go to an event. Like if he goes, if he goes to New York Comic Con this year, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely gonna go. Yeah, and like pay. It will probably cost like a hundred bucks. Yeah, to to like get that autograph package. Yeah, he's earned it. Worth it. Yeah, It'd be worth it. That's how much I paid for Ric Flair. Hey, worth it. Right there. Yeah. Nature boy. Uh, last two matches on the card. Uh, really stupid, overbooked nonsense here with Becky Lynch uh, defeating Charlotte Flair by disqualification. I'm sorry, but I, I, I got to... dragging it. They're, they're really dragging this feud. And I got to say something about uh, Ronda Rousey and how she's breaking the fourth wall with the whole, oh, wrestling is fake. You know that, right? 
okay this is this is where when it comes to like wrestlers or like anybody who's saying that oh wrestling is fake uh while in, while in character while breaking kayfabe this is really her comments are really reeking of wcw 2000 era booking yeah where i saying that oh look oh they're, they're going off the script brother oh they're going off the script bro and it's like you, this doesn't need all that and also for ronda rousey to really say that she's actually painting herself into a corner because if and when either Becky Lynch wins at WrestleMania or Charlotte Flair, oh, so I guess the two fake fighters just beat you and beat you and took your title, huh, huh, Ronda? Yeah, and you still want to call wrestling fake? Well, you know here's I mean? the here's the thing. Just makes her look bad. Here's the thing. It's drawing attention. It is. People are like, oh my god, did you see the memes? Uh, I did not see the memes. Yeah. Oh, they made memes out of that. Because remember, she was saying all that when she was getting her hair sitting there and getting her hair braided, and she made that one face, and then he says, oh, in case you didn't know, Isaac Yankin wasn't a real dentist. Oh, in case yeah. you didn't know, Undertaker and Kane aren't really brothers. <laughs> so they're just yeah. t- say, she's just taking all that stuff that we already know, mm-hmm. and she's just saying, he's just you know, adding that to the meme and stuff, because she's like... Since you know, since she's breaking kayfabe and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, oh God, the Ronda memes are hilarious. Oh, I bet. I gotta check those out. <laughs> and uh and also last match, uh the Shield uh versus Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Glorified Raw main event. Oh yeah, it was. Um it was a somewhat boring match, um, but a feel good moment that in my view, it didn't really feel at all like this is the last time we're gonna see the Shield. It definitely won't not. It definitely yeah. won't. And the fact that they keep mentioning, Michael Cole keeps mentioning, that, oh, Dean Ambrose's contract ends in April where he's going to leave the company. He's not leaving the company. No. Because, like... He's taking them sad. He's taking that fat seven figures and he's going to get himself a house. Mm-hmm. Him and Renee going to have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this point, like, AEW is not in the cards for, for Ambrose. No. Though it would be awesome to see him there. But yeah, so that was our quick rundown for uh, Fastlane and all the stuff we've been up to. So now uh, we got Captain Marvel uh, on the docket. But before we get into uh, Carol Danvers' adventure, let's give a second shout out to our sponsor, Studio Regent Headphones. That's right. If you want some high quality and affordable headphones, all you got to do is just go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off. And of course... Free shipping in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. UWO boys just made me freaking laugh about that. <laughs> they love that so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it just goes well. Like uh, like when we first start, started doing the sponsorship, I'm like, oh, free shipping? Free shipping in the USA? Oh, it just rolled off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're about to get into our review, our discussion of Captain Marvel, uh, the latest uh, film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the penultimate film in the MCU before Avengers Endgame uh, coming out next month. The, the toll booth to Endgame. <laughs> yep, the toll booth uh, to Endgame, the WWE fast lane to, end, to Avengers Endgame. Uh, Captain Marvel, uh, this stars uh, Brie Larson in the title role as Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Lashana Lynch, uh, Annette Benning, Dr. Uh, uh, Jude Law, Gemma, Gemma Chan, Jaiman Hansu, and Lee Pace, among others. Uh, this film was directed uh, by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who are also also serve as co-writers alongside Geneva Robertson Dwarit, Nicole Perlman, and Meg LaFauve. Man. 
So yeah, well, we're gonna, we're going to get into spoilers on this rev- on this uh, film. So if you have not seen the film, uh, put your speakers on mute or uh, check back on this episode when you've seen Captain Marvel or if you've seen Captain Marvel. Otherwise, if you don't care about spoilers at all and just want to stick around for this discussion, by all means, we love to have you here. So uh, let me give the quick rundown of the storyline. What's it about? Oh, were you going to say something? No, no? go ahead. Okay. Uh, so the story, so the story of Captain Marvel is uh, set in 1995. Uh, Carol Danvers is a member of the Kree military unit known as Star Force, led by her mentor and commander Yon Rog. Uh, Carol, referred to as Veers by her colleagues, is suffering from amnesia. Her memory fragmented for unknown reasons. All she knows is that she has immense superpowers and that she, along with Star Force, is hunting down members of the shape-shifting alien race known as the Skrulls, the main target being the Skrull leader, Talos, played by Ben Mendelsohn. So in pursuit of Talos and the Skrulls, Carol crash lands on Earth and soon teams up with S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Nick Fury to find and defeat the new menace that threatens Earth. So... Captain Marvel. Initial thoughts first. Initial thoughts. What did you think? It exceeded expectations, but my expectations were low. Okay. Um, I felt that there was a good amount of nostalgia, but it wasn't like too much to take you away from the story. Mm-hmm. And then it left with some major questions, you know, but I'll um I'll actually get into that because I did do I did do a bit of research and uh, the Party Nerds podcast listened to um listening to them this from last night's episode helped me a lot so big shout outs to Eddie watching and the rest of the crew over there but I I was okay yeah I thought it was okay you go ahead I thought it was fine I'm shocked. Really? I was ready for I hated it. <laughs> no, like no, like hated it, like men on film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was expecting you to be on some I, I for some reason I just thought like you would hate this movie. Oh yeah, Captain Marvel hated it. They should have called this a fish called Carol. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but no, Captain Marvel, it was fine. You know, I mean it, it's for me it's a film that neither raises the bar nor lowers the bar. Um, but it kind of just kept it just it just keeps the the stories going. Yeah. Even though it's like a flat even though it's a flashback, it's an origin story. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of kept things going. Like Ed said it met the it met the average expectations I had before the movie dropped. Yeah, yeah like it was there. Yeah, like it, it like it's a film that knows its lane and stays in it. Filler. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely felt like filler. And like the overall result, like, yeah, it's it's workmanlike. It's like a workmanlike average movie. It's like it's competently shot, it's competently directed, competently acted, competently written, and that's that's it. It's not it's not a game changer. It was like a it is a whole it held us off. It's like you know so it is the bar, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good. Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, it's just kind of like damn. You just <laughs> not 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 neither here nor there. Just there. Just there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it, it just kept the flow. It just kept the flow going. It just it holds you off. It's like yeah. you got a big ass feast coming. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, but it's like you're hungry. Mm-hmm. So 
you're on your way, you're on your way to Thanksgiving dinner, even though, okay, Thanksgiving dinner is like an hour away. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour drive. So you just want to like a, grab like a bag of chips mm-hmm. just to kind of hold you off. Just a small, like, uh, they, they, they'll always be 25 cents to me, even though they cost more. Mm-hmm. But like the, the 25 cent style bag of chips, yeah, something to just munch on a little bit, won't fill you up, but it's just enough to hold you off. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Marvel was that bag of chips. That's a good that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Like and and for me like it just felt like a a 2-hour prologue to Avengers Endgame. So that way so that way uh, fans will come in and be like, "Yo, who's this chick? Where'd this woman come from?" That's a, and that's the thing too. And shout outs to our AK and Stuber from Pop Stew. You should check them out too. They just started their new season. And they and their episode was how excited are you to see Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. And the thing was, is like, I'm still excited because I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah. But it was just like, a lot of people weren't because there wasn't no there wasn't no relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to compare it to Black Panther, Black Panther was introduced in um uh, Civil in Civil War. War. Yep. So everybody and people weren't really familiar with him because he was what like a C list character. Yeah. Just like Captain Marvel was. But once we saw him, we're like, yo, he's a bad, yo, he's pretty badass. Like, let's. So then by the time Black Panther was coming out, like, we were ready. Yeah. And look what that did. Whereas with Captain Marvel, casual fans, you know, those who are not comic book fans, Mm -hmm. but yet still are following the MCU, they they had no idea who she is. Yeah. All all they know of Captain Marvel was just the pager at the end of uh, Infinity War. Yeah. That's it. There was no, there was no like established relationship there. Mm-hmm. So she's coming out of the works. She's pretty much coming out of the works, mm-hmm. like out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, and and, and also too like uh, with uh, with Brie Larson, um, she she does well enough as the title character, but it's disappointing that her role in the film, as written, it's it's kind of anemic in terms of character development because, like, you don't know much about her. Yeah. Like, going into the film, you don't know anything about her, but then coming out of the film, you still don't know much about her at all. Like, like the film, like, we barely know anything about her interior life, like, her backstory, what really makes her tick. Um, so, like, we get, like, very brief snapshots. Hints. Like, hints of like, her childhood. Um, some glimpses of her of her days in the Air Force before she became Captain Marvel. But not much more than that. And it's like we don't, we still don't know who she is. Like it's like it's like her character was written as oh strong woman, and that was it. It was like that's enough. No, I can see, I see what you mean. But then I think from this is something that I heard too that like there's gonna be a Captain Marvel too, mm-hmm. but it's still gonna be set in the '90s. Oh. So it's gonna go back, and we're still gonna get more into more into it. It's just like it's like what they did was okay. This is who Samuel Jackson. I mean, this is who Nick Fury paged. Yeah. His little. It was the first date. Hmm. Interesting. It was the first date. You on your first date with somebody like you don't want to know their entire freaking love life. Mm-hmm. But just like, just to just enough to like get an idea. Yeah. And then if you want a second date, then you keep talking to them. Talking to that person, yeah, to get more, which will be Captain Marvel two mm-hmm. or her appearance in the, her um 
her uh, appearance in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it kind of felt like, yeah, it, it kind of felt like in some ways they were holding off on like revealing all their cards on. Who yeah, she's not going to give it up on the first. It's not going to give it up on the first day. <laughs> That's a pretty crass comparison, but okay. I wasn't going to go there. I was going to say like they weren't going to like. Like tell you every I, I can I can understand like re- retaining some mystery of the character yeah but at the same time I thought they still gave too little cause yeah because we, we didn't know we still don't know much about her even though like she did have like great uh, rapport with with Nick Fury and uh, and like her and her friend um, Maria Rambo her her fellow co pilot and some of the other characters like she could actually play off well with them and but we still but she's not a fully formed character at either. And plus, like, it's a shame because, like, Brie Larson, she is an Oscar-winning actress. Did she? Yeah, she won for that movie Room uh, back in 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And it was yeah. crazy. Like, she was on it. I remember being on an episode of The League. Oh, okay. She played an au pair. Oh, okay. This <laughs> is <laughs> like, Brie, I'm like, holy shit, that's Brie Larson. Like, I was re-watching The League as, like, a, I'm going to throw this on the go-to-sleep show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's Brie Larson. She was actually in this? Yeah. Like, the league actually has some... Megan Markle was on an episode of the league. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, but yeah, like, like she could have... Like, Brie Larson could have easily gave, given a, a really awesome, memorable character. Like, someone, like, on par with Wonder Woman from the from her from her own movie. But yeah. yet, what, what she was given... She does well enough with what she was given, but, again, not much is we there. St- you still kind of left unfulfilled. Yeah. But in a slight way, you do want more. Just to get to know that character a little better, like like at this point, like because because the, the the film was just okay and like because like Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers herself, she's not that interesting to begin with. And and when I when the film ended, I was like, I really don't, yeah, I really yeah. don't care. But I mean, even then, it's like probably we'll get more in Endgame. Mm-hmm. But it's it's gonna be like one of those. Okay, well, the second date arrives. Yeah, sure, why not? Something to do. Well, and plus, the uh, end game's going to be like a big ensemble, so yeah. we're not going to know much about her. Like, like at this point, like in, in Endgame, is she, what what is she like? Uh, the ringer for the Avengers, so she can like beat Thanos like with her superpowers. Um, but I, I think that I think that would be lazy writing if like she was like the, literally like the the de- final hope. Yeah, like the Deus Ex Machina, blast Thanos with her energy beam. That's it. Right, we won. I'm sure there'll be more. I'm sure there will be more of a fight, but I'm like yeah. they're re- but with. And, with Endgame and Infinity War stuff, they just completely stirred away straight away from the comics. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we ain't getting Adam Warlock, oh, and in the comics, he's the one that like did it. Oh wow, yeah. He gets, yeah, and he gets a hand of the, um, a hold of the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. You should, you, have you ever read um, the Infinity Gauntlet? No, I haven't. I should let you borrow that. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Um, uh. But I, but I will, I will say like I did like, I did like her, um, uh, her chemistry with the other characters. I really did like Nick Fury, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Did like, you? like I like the fact, like this is like Captain Marvel was uh, was like the closest thing we'll get to a solo Nick Fury film, because like uh, I, I and also and that speaks and that, and that reminds me of the visual effects of the film, like the de aging. That shit creeps me out every freaking time. I will say, like Samuel L. Jackson was seamless. Like he looked like mid '90s Sam Jackson. And damn it, with that I can be Miles Morales. (laughs) (laughs) You could like he he he, like he was de-aged by 25 years, and like I I wanted him to just say, "Yes, the scrolls deserve to die, and I hope they they burn burn in hell." hell. (laughs) 
That would have been awesome. I wanted to hear a motherfucker though. Uh, that that's way too much for a PG thirteen, especially for MC, for an MCU. Yeah. I know, but it's Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Just... Or they or like they could have like cut away like mother. F- cut I would have been happy with that. Like the end of freaking like the end of Infinity War. Yeah. I would have very. I was very happy with that. Yeah. Just because it's Samuel Jackson and he's so synonymous with the word motherfucker. Makes yeah. me want to watch Soul. Makes me want to watch Soul Men again. <laughs> oh, with Bernie Mac. Yep. Fifty two times. You watched it fifty two times. N- Possibly, but I actually there was one view and I I got bored and I just said you know what I'm gonna count how many times they say motherfucking that movie. Oh, and it was fifty two. Yeah, <laughs> damn. I thought it'd be more. You would think so though. <laughs> Man, you put those two together, shoot, you do so triple that number. I honestly just want that. I I'll be happy if they just say motherfucker throughout the whole entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I still would have loved it. Wow. But yeah, like the visual effects, like the de aging was convincing for Sam Jackson. But for uh, Clark Gregg, Phil Coulson, it wasn't. They didn't have to do much. Just add a little hair. I thought they did. Did did I thought they did too much because like really? yeah, Phil Coulson, like he he looked like a wax figure. Like I thought I thought like he went crazy. At, at certain okay, like he went crazy on the makeup chair. Like oh, I gotta look young. I gotta look young. This isn't enough. It it looked way, it looked way too wax figurey. It, it, it kind of looked pretty distracting. I didn't notice. It. I was like, uh. looking at it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like a minor issue because he's like he's like a pretty much like a walk on like a cameo appearance. Who's that? Uh, Clark Gregg's character, Phil yeah, Coulson. Phil but but yeah, um, but yeah. Besides that, like the de aging was seamless for Sam Jackson at least. Um, I did like Captain Marvel's Centurion Mohawk helmet. That actually looked cool. Yeah, I kind of want to draw it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good look. Um, of course, you have Goose the cat or Flurkin. I, th- I thought I got a w- yeah. I got a um. I got a Easter egg on that. Yeah, um, uh, it was it was it was interesting. Um, uh, he he was cute in a horrifying sort of way, kind of yeah. like actual cats. Shut up! <laughs> you know what? Well, cats are just finicky. They're just very stubborn. Yeah, they can be little assholes. Yeah, yeah. Unlike dogs, dogs at least they look they, look, they always look like they're happy to see you every time you walk through the door. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But cats are like, look at this motherfucker. I mean, shit. Go fill my bowl. What is this shit? <laughs> I'm just not an animal person, period. So. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like visual effects, you know, you come to something you come to expect as per usual. Um, question though, um, what did you think about how the film handled the scrolls? You know, as a comic book reader, I'm sitting there just losing my damn mind throughout the entire movie, saying like, "Yo, the scrolls were good." And I'm just like, shouldn't they be working on a secret invasion? Like, what the fuck is up with these people? Like, mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting there watching a the movie, just waiting for a heel turn. Yeah, and then it turns out that the scrolls were actually the baby faces. Yeah, but and shout outs to Ed for sending me this. Like, he came across an article, an interesting fan theory article. Yeah, and um, it was. And I'm actually going to read it to you. It goes, as as posited by uh, comicbookmovie.com, while the movie may end with Carol Danvers heading heading into outer space with them, mm-hmm. there's one crucial scene which could set the stage for Secret Invasion. Because Secret Invasion is actually like the next big event following um, Infin- the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. When Talos and the Skrulls are, escape- are escaping Marvel's ship, 
His daughter watches her father slaughter the Kree despite him telling the girl's mother to close her, to cover her eyes. And it seem, and it doesn't seem like too much too much of a stretch to assume that she will grow up to be Varank. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm saying the same night. In Marvel Comics, Varank is the main villain of the Secret Invasion who leads her forces to conquer Earth. It even turned out that she'd been impersonating Spider-Woman in New Avengers number one. As comicbookmovie.com suggests, it would, re- it would be remotely... Difficult for something to happen in the Captain Marvel sequel that turns Talos' daughter against humans and her and her father's hopes for peace. Mm-hmm. And then, hold on. Oh man, this the printout kind of messed up. Well, it says Secret Invasions, which saw the Scrolls covertly replace key, replace key members in government and superhero teams around the globe, and then active and then activate those sleeper agents. And then, damn it, they cut off. But I'm just saying, like, they could have, like, have Talos' daughter, like, she she could be the one to make the heel turn. Mm. Okay. And lead the scrolls into, uh, you know, into what, what comes to uh, Secret Evasion. So that was just, like, messing me up throughout the entire movie. Yeah. I'm just like, any minute now, I'm like, it's going to happen. No, I'm like, these motherfuckers is good. Yeah, it turns out like uh, Talos, uh, he wasn't the big bad in the film. That he he like, he was trying to lead his family and a and a bunch of like uh, Skrull refugees yeah. to to safety and sanctuary. <laughs> um, Fucking Nolan Sorrento from Ready, Ready Player One. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like the the Skrulls in this film, uh, they just wanted a safe haven from the Kree Skull War Skrull War because the Kree were just hunting them, hunting them down mercilessly. And uh, Talos is simply doing what he needs to do in order to, to lead his people to safety and freedom. Um, I think I think I think that was a very interesting uh, twist. Uh, I thought I thought okay, that that has some potential there. Um, now I was now because that because I was wondering throughout the film too. I was like, okay, like are these scrolls are are they meant to represent the entirety? Do all scrolls feel the same way, or is, or is this just like the minority? Like they just just are they just like one particular group, and maybe the uh, the rest of the scrolls maybe they're Maybe warlike. I, I I didn't know. I I I was I was kind of unsure about that. Yeah. But um. But yeah. With if if the uh, with the scroll invasion being the next big arc for the yeah. next uh, MCU uh, uh phase, um. I could definitely see where where the where the where they would go with that. Like if like you say, Talos's daughter comes to Earth and for some reason becomes villainous, yeah. or or maybe even another scroll character entirely. Um. I was thinking, and, and I was thinking too. Like, there was actually another. Uh, uh, I think it, I, I think it just came out. Um, issue one. It's like a five part miniseries by Marvel about the Skrulls. I forget the meet exact. Meet the Skrulls. Meet the Skrulls. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like a five part. It's yeah, it's five part miniseries. Yeah, like the Skrulls posing as an American family, yeah. and they're trying to infiltrate Earth. So they could definitely plant some seeds there too. Um, I, I I did like I did like how how, the, how they were handled and and the fact that Ben Mendelsohn actually played a, a a character that was actually a decent person for a change and not a, a total villain, like he wasn't in, in many of his other roles that I've seen him in. Really? Like, yeah, he's like usually the bad guy. He either a bad guy or somebody who's just like uh, a a total reprobate in some way, like like Rogue One. Um, Shit, he was in that. Yep, Orson Krennic. He was uh, in Mississippi Grind uh, with Ryan Reynolds, another Anna Bode and Ryan Fleck film. He played like this low life gambler who like 
basically like lied and lied and cheated just to like get money for gambling yeah. to feed his addiction. Um, he was also in this prison movie called Starred Up, who played a total asshole. <laughs> um, so it was like it was cool seeing him not be that in yeah. this film. Although, like, I was kind of iffy about like the fact that like throughout the majority or, or half the film, he was like your typical like high-minded villain. Like he, he talked like this, and he's gonna lead his people to sanctuary. And then as soon as he went, went for the babyface turn, he just talked casually, like, "Hey, what's up, y'all?" It was kind of funny though. It was like, so it was like, "You're so you guys are shapeshifters." So that means you can change it to a desk. Why would I want to change it to a desk? You can change it to a pineapple. Yeah, I'll give you 50 bucks right now. <laughs> and he was definitely afraid of a cat. Yeah. But when freaking Goose turning into, what was it again? A flurkin. Yeah, it turned into a flurkin. I kind of understand why. I'd be scared of shit too. Yeah, those big ass tentacles. And they yeah. actually have like a pocket dimension in their bodies that they can store mad stuff in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the Skrulls, definitely some potential there for future developments. Um also, uh, Jude Law, who plays Yon Rog, the leader of Star Force, um, he was he was charming enough, but just he needs somebody there. Yeah, he, he needs a he, villain there. Like I, I don't see nothing. Well, he lives, so yeah, he lives. Like but I don't think, but remember, it's set in nineteen ninety five, so he's bound to die soon. Yeah, and turn and turn into the the dust of irrele- irrelevancy. Oh yeah, the the snap. <laughs> Um, like, 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 I thought, I thought he was, he was, he was fine enough. Um, I know that like many, many reviews pointed out like the scene, the early scene, like where he was sparring with, uh, Carol and he's like telling her to, to control her emotions. Like many, like many, um, like many reviews pointed out like the subtext of that scene, like, oh, basically a man telling a woman that, oh, don't be too emotional in, in the heat of battle or don't be too emotional, period. Your emotions will get the best of you. Cause you know how, cause women be crazy according to stereotypes. So that so his character was kind of like a commentary on that. Um, it's like it's like at first I was like okay. At first, like when he was telling her to control her emotions, I'm like okay, that's simply a commander telling a, a soldier to like keep your cool in the midst of battle. But then only when you see his true nature reveal, it's like okay, now that that dialogue takes a new meaning, insidious meaning. So I was like okay, that makes sense. Um, but I will say that like because Captain Marvel as a film and as a character was still flat, like. The final, the final moment of their battle, where he's like, "Oh, you gotta prove to me that 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 you got what it takes and all this," and then she just like blasts him with the energy beam, and she stands over him, and she goes, yeah. "I don't, I don't have to prove anything to you." Like that, it, that should have been like an applause worthy moment. Like, yeah, right on. No, but, I was like, but as soon as like it was just like, that's it. I was like, yep, that's right. Well, you sure showed him. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't get that feel either. Yeah, like like it was it, it just felt lackluster. Yeah, she yeah she put on a bet like it was a better fight going against the soldiers. Yeah. Then instead of the main one. Yeah. Like that main one should have been like on some scar and Simba shit. Mm-hmm. But we just got just flies into a wall, flies into a boulder. He's knocked yeah. out, and that's it. <laughs> in my th- yeah, Eddie says in my theater we laugh and when he got blasted because because awesome awesomeness, but the deli- but the delivery at the end was flat. Yeah, extremely. It was like it, it went over like a lead balloon. Like it it went over like like it it it, it, it fell as Shut flat up. on his face like Tamina doing the top rope splash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I was just like, uh, 
kind of felt flat like Nia Jax doing a leg drop. You know what? F you. Okay. You know? Listen, you have that big ass thigh. You hit a leg drop on you. No. Like you expect her to do a, like at least a little hop, but no, she just like lifts her leg and just falls flat on her butt. That's it. It's like, oh, okay. You, know, you can't do anything more than that. It's cool. That's cool. At least you have one fan, one thirsty fan in the house. The rest of us, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Love Carl. That, Love that one. Uh, uh, to me, she's just a bigger Eva, Eva Marie. But anyway, uh, moving on to uh, uh, some other some other elements. Actually, no, no, no. I take that back. Eva Marie was a much better wrestler than Nia Jax. No, now you're just trolling. <laughs> now you're just being a troll. Um, I will say like an, another another thing that kind of that kind of you know disappointed me about Captain Marvel was like okay, unlike Black Panther, which raised the bar in every single way, which for me is still my my favorite MCU film, and in my opinion, the best one so far. Really? Yeah, Infinity War is number is number two in my opinion. Um, Captain Marvel once again it suffers from the same plague oh from every God, other that MCU nobody film. Nobody gives a fuck about but you. From every film except Black Panther, this film suffers from USS unmemorable score syndrome. Uh, the score was by Pinar Toprak, who. Uh, incidentally, is also the first female composer of the MCU, but unfortunately, the music is just not memorable at all. And, and I'm sorry, it's disappointing because when you compare it to Ludwig Göransson, when he produced some dope, a dope ass score and a dope ass soundtrack, you expect some, you expect, to, you expect the Captain Marvel to to continue the trend, but it doesn't. It just falls well, backwards. Well, um, the additional music that they had, like some of the '90s uh, music that they had, like um, "You Gotta Be" by Desiree. Yep. Um, connection by Elastica. Mm-hmm. Uh, only happy when it rains by Garbage. Crazy on you by Heart. Uh, Celebrity skin by Ho. Kiss me deadly by Lita Ford. Uh, Samuel Jackson singing Please, Mister Postman by the Marvelettes. Mm-hmm. Um, Come as you. I got a guy. I got a little amp when they played Come as you are by Nirvana. That was cool. Yeah, just a girl by No Doubt. Crush my crush with my eye. Crush with eyeliner by Man on the Moon. Wait, crush, uh, crush with eyeliner and man on the moon by REM. <laughs> what a man by Salt and Pepper. What is that's like the second Salt and Pepper song I've heard in a Marvel movie. Oh, that's right, because Shoop was in Deadpool one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Waterfalls by TLC. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a good soundtrack. Yeah, like Radio Times actually pra- praised the selection of tracks, saying. Once again, Marvel has absolutely nailed its movie soundtrack, but also notes that the songs are not well integrated with the film in the way James Gunn achieved with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, like with Guardians, with the Guardians films, and with and um, yeah, with Guard, with the Guardians films, like the 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 soundtrack, like it was perfectly interspersed yeah. in the film. But this one, it kind of felt like more of an obligation. Like, oh shit, this film was set in the nineties, so we have to throw some yeah. throw some, 90s throw some songs in there. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, I, mean, I, I would have been cool, like, if they threw in, you know, "Good Vibrations" by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. You really love that song, don't you? I love that's that's I like that song. I just do. <laughs> I, I I know I know the lyrics. You better not. I I know the lyrics. You I'm, better not. What are you gonna do? Have a code extra where you just lip sync it? We'll lip sync battle, and that's your song of choice. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it, baby. I do too. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, that's it. <laughs> oh man. Um, but I will. I will say like one element that I did enjoy that I did like um, 
was uh, her her friendship with uh, Maria Rambo. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to know more about her character. I know, I know, I like the fact that she wasn't just a side character who just did a, like a flyby appearance. Like, she yeah, actually, she was involved. Yeah, like she stepped up when her friend needed her most. And um, and this might be among your Easter eggs, but I know her daughter Monica becomes yeah. a, a a hero in the comics. I think yeah. her name is Photon. Yeah, like I'll get to, yeah, I'll get to that. Yeah, and this and this makes me think of perhaps a possible theory. Like maybe we'll see a grown up Monica in Avengers Endgame. Like maybe like she'll come to help uh, Captain Marvel because her mother disappeared in the snap. That would be dope. Like, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> see that would be pretty cool. Like that would be a nice turnaround. I'm like, okay, what yeah. do you know from who your bastards? <laughs> I watched that movie way too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, part two is gonna be. Where's the soup? <laughs> Will you taste the soup? Okay, we'll Where's, taste the soup. I'll taste the soup. Where's, Where's the, the spoon? spoon? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, classic, classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah. So I, so I think that with Monica, a grown-up Monica in Avengers Endgame, that would be a nice little t- little twist there. Um, also, what did you think of uh, Annette Bening as Marvel, aka the supreme intelligence of the Kree? Yeah. I thought she was okay. Yeah. I mean, she... like, I don't see anything long term with her. No, she ends up dying, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, she died in the crash. Yeah. But as far as like the those supreme intelligence character, is she like just done? I think she's a, she's just done because the supreme intelligence takes the form of like different forms depending on who yeah. talks to her or it directly. Um, I thought I thought I'm like oh that's cool uh, Annette Benning because you know she's a living legend uh, inexplicably has never won an Oscar but she's a damn good actress and so I was like okay hey you know what Annette Benning get your money I'm trying to see I'm trying to figure out like what I what have I seen her in before uh, she was in American Beauty I know she was Oscar did she win an Oscar for that yeah yeah you can look up to see if she actually won yeah. Best Actress for that I th- I'm actually trying. No, she didn't win Best Actress. Hillary Swank did for Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, but like Annette Bening, inexplicably, she's never won an Oscar, and that's a shame. She's like the kind of like the female Leo DiCaprio in that respect. But Leo DiCaprio finally got his for The Revenant. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it was like okay, cool. Hey, Annette Bening, great actress. Get get that get that MCU money. Why not? Uh. But yeah, but yeah, like I said, like um, there's, uh, like the act, like the action scenes, they were fine. Yeah, nothing more, nothing less, just straight middle of the road. Oh, she was in Mars Attacks. Yep, Mars Attacks. Yep. <laughs> I loved Mars Attacks. That was a fun movie. <laughs> um, but ultimately, uh, I I will say that the that I wish that the impact of Captain Marvel would have been for fans, especially women and girls. Yeah, as, it was it was released on International Women's Day, or or Women's Day, or, or this is like Women's History Month, rather. Yeah, yeah. but no, nah, it was actually like International Women's Day because I got the Snapchat. Oh, okay, March eighth, yeah. Yeah, like I wish this. I wish Captain Marvel would have been for like female fans, like women and girls, the same way Black Panther was for like black exactly, nerds. Exactly, but it's just like once again, like if they were, if she was introduced earlier on, mm. and if we if we had had some type of like relationship, we would have 
it would have been much hype. There would have been much more hype. Yeah. Just like Wonder Woman. Yeah. She was introducing that Instagram and that garbage ass BVS. Yeah, she was. And okay, we got a Wonder Woman. Let's see what's going on. And then Wonder Woman actually ended up doing well. Yep. So I think my I think Marvel kind of Marvel kind of like missed the boat on me. Yeah, they did, and they were taking too long to actually introduce like a like a female solo movie. Like, yeah, like they had they had plenty of opportunities with Black Widow, and they just kept dragging their feet. They're dragging their feet still, because they can do a lot with Black Widow, in my opinion. Um, and and yet and yet, like I, I wish it, I wish Captain Marvel had the same impact that Black Panther did. Like I wish this could have been a game changer. Yeah, but, but I think it's like what. But you know what it is because Wonder Woman already did it. Remember the Wonder Woman hype was pretty strong. It was, and not to mention she's actually more of an A-list character. Yeah. Than Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. so it's like we already got it. If Captain Marvel actually came out before Wonder Woman, yeah, then maybe the roles would have been reversed. Maybe, yeah, M- maybe. but it's a big maybe. Yeah, but like, but ultimately, like, like I said, like, uh, like Captain Marvel is, like I said, it's just middle of the road, like, it's and filler. Um, it's 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 a filler. It's prologue for Avengers Endgame, but I still say it is better than Thor: The Dark World. It's still better than Guardians Volume Two. Still better than Thor: Ragnarok, if only because Captain Marvel actually takes itself seriously and doesn't bog itself down with a bunch of needless jokes. Um, One little joke, and you just freaking lost it. <laughs> just like no, well, no, Thor: Ragnarok. It, it sacrificed its serious plot for a bunch of like comedic gags. And then, like, and then, like, you look at the beginning of Avengers: Infinity War, which totally, which totally wipes out <laughs> the of oh, the rest of the Asgardians, and it's like, well, what was the point of all that comedy? But anyway, at the, at the end of the day, like, is Captain Marvel worth seeing in theaters? Sure, why not? I'd say like. If you have nothing to do, like see it in the matinee, see it during the during the daytime. Like don't play full price in the evening. I did. Okay. Well But I was going I was going out with friends. It was a friend of the show Afton's birthday. Yeah. So we all we all went out for that. Yep. Um otherwise, like it's uh I'd say it's a it's a rental. You can you can red box it, rent it online, wait for your local library to get a copy. Um but but this like I would say like you're, 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 you'd be best served. You'd be better served like reading a, reading the Wikipedia synopsis, and then you'd be good for Endgame. To be honest, but like I said, it's not bad, but doesn't raise the bar. It's not a game changer. No, it was filler. Yeah, it was just definitely filler. Just filler, and it's a shame because it could have wait could have been way could have been much been, more. Yeah. So. But yeah, anything else? Easter eggs. All right, let's get into right, some so Easter eggs. So I got eggs. my Easter eggs courtesy of uh, top ten nerd. Top ten nerd. So uh, we'll start off with number one. There was actually two Stan Lee cameos. Yes. One was that beautiful Marvel Studios opener when I'm like, yeah. I, 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 I had to hold back a tear. I did. I was like, yeah, I loved it. You know, the, the entire theater like applauded. Oh, that's awesome. And they just said, thank you, Stan. I'm like, yo, we are going to get fucked up. <laughs> when we see Endgame, mm-hmm. we going to get we gonna be fucked up. <laughs> yeah, man, man. Just the fact that he lived long enough to see yeah the MCU to its like like massive conclusion, at least in this phase, you know. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he saw Endgame already. Yeah. yeah. 
and also the sub the subway scene where um he's he was actually reading the Morat screenplay screenplay. Yep, I noticed that. Yeah, and then him, him and uh, he makes eye contact with uh with Captain Marvel, and she gives her a little like smile, and they like smile at each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? For a cameo, that was actually very fitting, especially now that he's gone. Oh yeah. It's just like they're gonna those cameos are gonna mean so much more because I heard that there's actually still more cameos. Oh wow, even beyond like, Endgame. Yeah. Wow. So and then okay, so the next screen, uh, next um, Easter egg is Monica Rambo, as you mentioned before, Maria Rambo's daughter, who is named Monica, who later takes on the mantle of Captain Marvel, oh, but cool. she actually went by the code name Photon, which was the name on her mother's plane. Oh, okay. All right. And she also later on goes by the code names uh Pulsar and then um since two and since uh twenty thirteen Spectrum. Hmm. Now and what's funny, like months ago, I came across an article saying that Taraji B. Henson was interested in playing a superhero. Oh, okay. I actually chose Monica Rambo for, for Taraji to play Monica Rambo. Really? Really? You think she'd be too old? A bit too old for that? This is Disney. This is Marvel. Oh, they'll de-age her. You can make her look 12. <laughs> yeah, they could, literally. It'd be super creepy. It would be. So the next one. Kelly Sue DeConnick, the author of the, 2012, of the 2012 and 2014 comic series, actually makes a cameo in that same subway scene um, with uh, Stan Lee. Okay. All right. Uh, the next one. Goose. Mm-hmm. Goose the cat was actually named Chewy in the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. The Kree. Okay. Now, they, the Kree have actually been around for the MCU longer than you think. Korath, who was played by Jaiman Hansu, Ronan the Accuser, and Yandu were actually, who were in, they were in Guardians of the Galaxy, are all Kree. Mm. But there were some legalities that had to, that they had to give, go through mm-hmm. before they can actually use like the Cree terms and all that. Yeah. Next one, Project Pegasus. It actually involves Captain Marvel studying the Tesseract to perfect the fast to protect um, perfect a faster faster than light speed drive. Mm-hmm. But in the comics, Pe- Pegasus actually stands for potential energy. E and the E and the G being in the same same word. Mm-hmm. Alternate sources, United States, and it actually ended up being a prison. Oh. In the comics. And next one, the 90s references. Mm-hmm. Now, as a child of the 90s, oh, make Jesus. the face. Yep. I actually had a I actually had a ball like, you know, finding some of the, you know, the nostalgia, the 90s references like uh she crash lands in a blockbuster. blockbuster. Yep. I wonder what video what video she actually picked up and looked at. Uh the right stuff. It's a it's a movie about uh the um uh, astronauts uh, uh um, what's her name Neil Armstrong oh. um and uh, uh John Glenn and all, Buzz Aldrin and all yeah. those people yeah oh okay damn yeah. good eye yeah it was, it was like okay inspired space get it cool oh 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 yep Air Force yep yeah that makes a lot of sense but yeah then um she's like where can I get a communicator. Security job. The security guy. What does he point to? A fucking Radio Shack. 
Yep. The old school logo Radio Shack. And then there was like the Rock the Vote uh, posters from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Nirvana being played, all the music. There was just so there was just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. The grunge rock get up that she had that they had her wear. Yep. The nine inch nails t shirt. Mm-hmm. I remember that very well. Yeah. Very full of nineties references. Oh, okay. But the next one, the costume colors. So when she decides to change her costume from the Cree from the Cree colors to what she's wearing now, you can actually see is the colors are actually reminisce reminiscent to other um costumes that she has worn over the years. Mm. Okay. The next one, which is very, which is a very obvious one, the the Avengers Initiative. So as Fury, as Nick Fury was drafting an initiative, he actually changes the name to Avengers, uh, to the Avengers Initiative after seeing a photo of Carol Danvers' plane, which is bearing the call sign Avenger. Yeah. Yep. Which is pretty obvious. And then the la- my last one, Marvel. So in the film, Annette Benning actually plays the Supreme Intelligence and in, um, the original Marvel, and her name was actually Doctor Lo- Doctor Wendy Lawson. Mm-hmm. In the comics, it was actually a man. Mm-hmm. And he, in the begin, yeah, in the beginning, Marvel, yeah, Marvel was actually a man named Doctor Walter Lawson. Oh, okay, nice, yep. nice little switcheroo there. Yeah, so that's what I got as far as um, yeah, that was in a documentary for New Kids on the Block because my. That was my first thought. <laughs> Pressure course on a Cree. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I think they have an article on Wikipedia that you can look up. Yeah, the Cree Skull Scroll War. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got for Easter eggs, but cool. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, yeah, let us know what you thought about uh, Captain Marvel. Uh leave us leave a leave some comments below or email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. And once again, I did not post last week's question of the week because, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been kind of a slacker. But um, actually, this week's, and I actually have the picture ready. You've been put in charge of creating a new Marvel movie. What would it be about? Hmm. A new Marvel movie. Damn, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, do you have an answer? Well, with the Disney Fox acquisition closing next week, mm-hmm. damn it, I'm doing Onslaught. Onslaught? Yes. Man, I haven't seen Onslaught since what? The 90s. Since the 90s. Like, what was it? Was it X-Men versus Street Fighter or the first Marvel versus Marvel superheroes? No, no, Marvel no. superheroes was Thanos as the final boss. Uh, Marvel Marvel versus Capcom, I think. He was a final boss, Onslaught. Okay. Yeah. I would do Onslaught. Or probably a new Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Yeah. Lord knows we need a, we need a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie says Marvel versus Cap... Cap- Marvel, Marvel versus Capcom 1. Yep. I thought so. Thank you. Oh, man. What Marvel movie would I do? Dang. Um... I was gonna say Daredevil, but the Netflix show is pretty awesome. It is so. good enough <laughs> as it is. Yeah, um, we've already got Luke Cage, um, Jessica Jones, um, Iron Kung Fu Man. Maybe you um, can do it. Redo it. Nah, taint, tainted, tainted brand. Uh, damn, this is actually kind of tough. We because we got Deadpool as well. Old Man Logan with Logan. Um, 
Old Man Hawkeye? Old mm. Man Quill? Nah. It's only a short series. I'm I'm like, I'm just gonna kill it. Um you know what? I would like to see, I would like to see a She Hulk movie. You've mentioned that before. I ha- have I? Uh, well, at least as far as like TV show wise, I'd rather put She Hulk in a movie. Yeah, I, I would. I would say yeah, I would say She a She Hulk movie could be cool because like you can because I from what I hear she she does have um, from what I hear our comics are actually pretty good. Um, pretty underrated. So there's a lot you can do with with that character. You know, she's an attorney. Um, you know, she her her green skin is permanent. So you can definitely do a lot of things with her with her character. Um, there's a lot of themes you can touch on there. Um, yeah, like you can definitely do a lot of great things with with She Hulk with with the right director and actor with the right director and writers and actors, of course. Uh, you know what I what else I would do. Shuri meets Riri Williams. Oh. Yeah, maybe maybe you know what? Maybe I was thinking maybe we can see in like in the next phase of MCU, like post Endgame, maybe we'll see Riri Williams take on the Iron Man Iron Man uh, mantle. Yeah. That cuz that would be a logical step. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm for for now for now all I got all I got is She-Hulk. All right. Yeah. Oh. Well. Hopefully that well that will be hopefully if I can remember and actually get some time because I do everything I work I can try to get that question up on the social medias within a day or two and social Facebook and Instagram is actually like working again hopefully mm-hmm. yeah and but uh, if they are working you can always find us there on Facebook Instagram Twitter yep uh, and all of our episodes on SoundCloud iTunes leave us that five star review. Uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and of course YouTube. You can catch all of our episodes there live as well. And uh, yeah, that's I think, I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah, cool. All right, so <laughs> so uh, yeah, that 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 about wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, uh, do tune in next week. Um, I do have a idea for a main topic because um, this Friday. Is Jordan Peele's second movie, Us. The 22nd. That is this Friday. Yeah, man. Uh, And next week, the Disney Fox acquisition. It's official. It's going to happen. Man. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely get into that as well. Because I know we've we've had several thoughts about that in past episodes. Um, what What the implications are of that, what that might mean. And uh yeah, we'll go from there. Um yeah, that's that's all I got. So uh yeah, check us out next week. We'll definitely get into uh Us by Jordan Peele, or at least mm-hmm. you you have never heard a creepier rendition of I've got five. Five on it, I know. <laughs> oh man, it, it is my kind of movie. I did see a meme though, and it's like, yo, Black Panther gets freaking vanished. So Mbaku runs away with his girl <laughs> and starts a family. Jeez, well, hmm, lot, lot you can do there. But, uh, but yeah, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. As always, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.